This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code Greg88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code Greg88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh Landon. <laughs> oh, full, full name this time. Uh, my name is Josh Landon. I'm here with Brandon Kelly. Brandon Kelly, how are you? Josh Landon, I'm fantastic. And quickly, let's just remind everyone and the new listeners, we're not just the Always Cheating Podcast. We're the award-winning Always Cheating Podcast, recipients of that Football Contents Award for winner of the Best Fantasy Football Creator. No one can take that away from us, Joshua. No <laughs> one can. True. Once a president, always a president. That's true. I think we did it, we, you know, and yeah, it's we did an entire podcast where we like thanked ourselves for winning that award. So I think we, we've shied away from it the last, uh, you know, several months. But I think uh, it's nice to throw it out there just once and then we'll, you know, we'll only bring it up every couple days on various social media platforms and on, you know, uh, Instagram. And that, I, I, that's I, it. Yeah. And I love that we started with mentioning that we're an award-winning podcast because the FPL website relaunched today for the new season and immediately we're texting back and forth. We have to do a pod where you have to pump up everyone for the launch of the new game. I immediately thought of Carly Simon. And if I say Carly Simon, Josh, what's the first th- song that you think of? Uh, I don't know. You're so vain. Exactly. <laughs> and we are here to say that the FPL game has launched for me, for Josh, and for you, the listener. 
because we're so vain and this entire episode is going to be under the assumption that fantasy is launched just for us. So get ready. <laughs> we're here to just crank up the volume on FPL to get everyone yeah. very excited about the new season. Yeah, we're like those guys. Anyone who's ever seen like a uh, – you know, a, a live comedy show or um, you're, you're kind of like a taping, you know, of like the uh, like a S- Stephen Colbert show or something like that. There's there's always somebody who pops in and just like gets there's everybody a excited. Break. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah. Uh, well, I used to work in book publishing. So that was like that's like a little perk. You used to get to go to that kind of thing. So um, there was always like somebody who would pop in early on and they would like, you know, they, they would tell a few jokes. They would tell you when to clap. They would like tell you that you are supposed to be excited right now. So, Brandon, I am talking to you via the Internet, and I am telling you, you need to be excited <laughs> because there's a lot of you know, our post office is being taken away, Brandon. OK, there's a lot of bad oh, things God. happening right now, but the fantasy game is back. It is something that is fun and exciting, and I am super pumped about the game actually coming back. And it's only what, like three and a half weeks away now. It's it's coming very soon. Okay, so I think the great the greatest way for us to kick off this conversation, and there's a lot of meat and potatoes on our plate right now. Mm-hmm. We have a ton to get to. But what everyone's dying to know is what is your team ID? Because okay, so I think yeah. what's what's most offensive to me about <laughs> the British way of launching this FPL game is they could just build this up basically like the Phantom Menace opening in theaters. We're uh-huh. counting down the days, the hours, the mm-hmm. minutes. And everyone yep. is hungry to be the first to log into the site and get that very early team ID. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's like whenever you register your fantasy team, it's sequential. So if you're mm-hmm. the first person to register on the site for the new season, your team ID is number one. How cool is that? Like you (laughs) won't be ranked number one at the end of the season, but at least of the team ID of one. So a lot of us fantasy nerds, we judge our teams based on our team ID. How quickly (laughs) did you jump into the game? And Josh, you and I both woke up Eastern Standard Time here in the great city of New York. Mm -hmm. COVID-19 cases under 1% reported every day. We're really doing our part here. And what is our reward? We wake up to realize that the game launched uh, on the early side. (laughs) Before we woke up. (laughs) Yeah, it was like a real like record scratch moment. Uh, I woke up with my daughter this morning and uh, I was just kind of messing around. Like I, you know, it was like I was I was I actually thought I might try to fall asleep on the couch again. Like she was just like happily playing at the table in the living room and. Um, and I was like, let me just check my phone real quick. And, uh, I pop in and I was like, oh my God, this, ha- this just happened. Oh my God, they launched it. And I just, yeah, I didn't think a Saturday would be the day to do it. You know, like, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I thought it would be, um, I don't think I've ever launched on a Saturday before, but obviously it's, it's an unusual circumstance, you know, uh, this, these are not normal times. So I, maybe they just thought we got to get this thing out here. We are um, living in an, it is what it is moment in time, Josh. Yeah. So anyway, anyone who doesn't know how to check their game ID, you just uh, you log in and you go to uh, you go to my team. And then um, on the right, you see like your your name and the flag for the country you're from. And there's a little view game week history uh, down yep. there. And if you click on that, then you look up in the URL and it tells you what your what your team uh, number is. So I got twenty two four oh five, which I think is like. I, I wanted to be in that top 10K, uh, but 22405, 22, it's not bad. What is what is your ID, Brandon? I I definitely have like a second string team ID. I have a bench riding team, I, team ID. It is uh, 
It's six digits. I'll just preface <laughs> it by saying that it's six digits. One, two, five, oh, one, five. And so basically okay. it's a new phone number that I have to memorize now because <laughs> the, the, the utility of your team ID, right, is you go to these sites like um, Fantasy Premier Tools or yep. LiveFPL.net and yep. you can check your live game week mm-hmm. score as the game yep. week is going on and you need your team ID to do that. And right. so now the, the game for everyone is to come up with some sort of mnemonic device to remember your team ID. So I'm like, one, two, five, oh, one, five. I think that's pretty easy to remember. That's not bad. The double the, the double five is, is not bad. <laughs> Lots of ones. Yeah, 22, 405, that doesn't seem so bad either. That 405 is pretty easy. And the 20, my last year for me, it was like 11,496. And it was just like impossible to keep that in my head. Like 11,496. <laughs> I was 11,927. At some point, okay, like I, yeah. I, there's like come, come like game week 30, I have better recall of my team ID than I do my social security number. So, <laughs> so you know, you'll figure it out as the season mm-hmm. goes. <laughs> All right, so the game is launched. Uh, today's theme, by the way, is uh, we're answering the uh, we're answering ten big questions after the FPL launch, right? So uh, it's a little different this year, um, and and again, they they clearly just wanted to get the game out there and get people, um, you know, able to to start their leagues and and you know recruit their friends and all that stuff as soon as possible because we don't actually have fixtures yet, and so it's you know it's very it is I would say it's borderline impossible to actually pick a team right now without fixtures because. <laughs> You're just picking players you like, basically. You know, you're just like you're just 15 players I enjoy, uh, and I mean, you have the prices. It's a look so, so that is that is it, it is a lookbook. You're like, what 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 would look good um, <laughs> together? You know, do I go with color? Do I go with? Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a fantasy Pinterest board at this point, basically. It is. Yes, I I, I made a little an early early team, which maybe I'll talk about in a second here. Um, but um, yeah, so. That's that's the thing. We're answering 10 big questions. Uh, some of them are kind of big picture. Some of them are about uh, value. We did a price prediction podcast a few days ago. And, I, you know, I actually think we were pretty close uh, on most of it. Um, you yeah. can find we, we shared out um, we showed that for everybody to see on, on social media. But if you want to uh, uh, take a look, it is useful, I think, to look at this stuff because, um, you know, just like did players basically like it's just a good way to assess value. You know, like if, if you and I both were consensus like a million high on a player, you know, like, I, you know, the case of someone like, uh, Katie B, um, you know, I was, I was a whole million high in terms of what I thought he'd come in at, um, Chern Alexander Arnold, you and I were both 0.5 million high yeah, or Ziyech um, on Chelsea, who is the Ziyech. new boy. So, you know, we've got to yep. see him play first, but we both, you know, given, given the scouting reports expected him to be more expensive than 8.0. Yeah, and we were we were low on a couple people as well, so it's it's worth going through that and and just taking a look. Um, and so maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But uh, the game is here; it's it's time to start thinking about what your team might look like. And, and maybe in some ways, actually, not having the fixtures there is um, is kind of useful. You know, it's like uh, it's like when you're watching poker on TV and you actually don't know what the players' whole cards are. You know, and you're like, how how would he play this? You know, like how, how would this? It's like watching poker in like 1997, Brandon. You know, you're like, I was how, say, how is this? That sounds like work? riveting television, Josh. <laughs> That's why I didn't really get popular until the whole can <laughs> uh, came out. But it sort of it makes you think big picture. Like, what am I looking for in my team? What yeah, kind of formation right. do I want? You know, what? Who are the players who need to be in my team, no matter who they're playing? And you know, now that Man City are out, it's you know, and we're recording this before Man United's match tomorrow, but. 
Um, you know, with Man City out, there, it looks like they can now play in game week one. They may not play until Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, but they can now play in that match because there's a 30-day mandated time between your final match of the 1920 season and your first match of the 2021 season. So uh, because they've lost today, they're, they're basically um, out. What You know, I, I feel like if we start talking about that match, though, Brandon, we're going to be yeah. like going on way too long. So um yeah i mean what did you like do you have any just like early early thoughts on uh on player prices i mean i i don't want to kick things off with negative thoughts but my Mm -hmm. initial reaction to but you will yeah (laughs) yeah okay yeah it's the ultimate like my wife always gets on me when i say not to interrupt you but and she's like, well, you're interrupting me. So if you, are you apologetic? Are you like, do you want to <laughs> correct this behavior that you have? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess I will. I will cop to starting with a negative attitude. But looking at the price announcements, I just feel like uh, there wasn't a lot of thought put into the pricing in the game before they launched it. I don't see a lot wow. of creative pricing take. here. Yeah. My hot take is. Um, and you know, we, we've, we've said this a number of times we've, you know, we have had the pleasure of working with the fantasy premier league team on occasion. And, you know, I, you know, they, they put a great free game together, but that said, (laughs) our close personal friends. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, I, I'm a Fulham supporter and I fire up the, the Fulham prices and I see Kevin McDonald, a guy who has made nothing but cameos for the last two seasons, including their uh, abysmal campaign in the Premier League in 2018-19. And he's priced at 5.0. And I'm just like, this is a recycled price tag. Absolutely recycled. And yeah. I know I, most people, the internet was aflame with with the Kevin McDonald's I five know. million price yeah, tag. Where, where, where were you <laughs> when you heard about Kevin McDonald's price tag? Um, and I, I mean, we kind of have the, the thing... So we're here to basically big up the launch of the game because that's why we're here all the time. Because so we're fantasy not. Is, so we're not. We're not. We're not paid by the game. You can. You can have what I'm financial relationship. You know. Well, what I'm trying to say is, we only have half of the party, right? Like it's yeah. the prices and the players is one half. The uh-huh. other missing part right now is the fixtures. So when we get the fixtures, it becomes an entirely different conversation about the players and the price tags because that's when we really start building our team. I mean, I'm looking at the uh, the squad that you initially put together, your FPL lookbook, um, right. and that's fun, but it it's kind of it, it kind of doesn't mean a whole lot because we the fixtures really do dictate so much of our initial game week one opening game week strategies. So uh, it, it was really interesting and somewhat mystifying to see some of the price tags. And then it's kind of like a where do we go from here? I think this is the first time that the game has launched since we started playing or even at least podcasting. And this is we're entering our sixth season of the Always Cheating Pod mm-hmm. where we've launched the game with no fixtures. So we're in uncharted territory here in terms of sizing up the launch of a new FPL season. Wow. All right. Well, you've laid down the gauntlet. Can we still make an interesting pod 
with Brandon. Uh, yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck. I'm just going to tap out here for a moment. The next hour is all yours, yeah. Josh. Well, well, as I said, I think I think that there are some some big questions. I mean, you know, I think that um, even just big things like you know, like what what kind of structure do you think you're going for? I think these are things that um, I, I know I've been thinking about it all day, Brandon. I'm, I'm a big enough nerd that I have been I've been thinking about structure and the kind of players that I want, and and that that stuff is is a little bit um, irrespective of the uh, the fixtures, you know. Um, so I think that um, in a big picture way, there's there's a lot to think about right now and, and maybe without the fixtures you're not quite so focused on game week one game week two game week three matches so you know the fixtures come out okay yeah maybe um x team you know let's say leads or whatever have like just terrible terrible fixtures to start um you know so you're just not going to consider them at all but maybe now because you've thought about them before the fixtures are out it sort of like at least plants in your mind like those leads players you know for your first wild card or something like that you know so i think that is i think there's some value through that lens all right, Josh. So yeah, let's get into these 10 big questions uh, after the FPL launch in a moment. Some quick housekeeping for our listeners out there. Patreon. We have a Patreon page at Always Cheating, and this is a great way for our listeners to thank me and Josh for what we do week to week with the Always Cheating pod. And it's also a great way for you to get added FPL content from bonus podcast each week continued strategy discussion on our private Slack channels, extra mini leagues and prizes and whatnot. And we'll kick things off with thank yous for our new Patreon subscribers just in the last week. A big up to new producers, Chris Carter and Francis Mann. And at the Lord Sorloth tier, and Josh, we can talk about Lord Sorloth maybe Mm. going to uh, Bundesliga replacing Timo Werner like that's uh that's it's it's, that, it's a sad that day how, for that is how good that Sorloth is and how much Crystal Palace is missing out on wouldn't want to be a Palace fan right now that's that's tough yeah right right so but, but at the at, we will not lose the not the moniker at our Patreon level the Lord Sorloth tier and we do thank new Lord Sorloth patrons Phil LaTank Erson ZT or ZT, depending on where you're from, Oyvind Peterson, Ryan Riggs, Simon Hicks, and Gavin Doyle. And thanks for the huge merch layout, Gavin. You look beautiful in your always cheating gear. Uh, and if you want to say thanks and support the cheaters, find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash always cheating. Josh, talk about what's new with our Patreon this season. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to go, uh, I always say this and then we go on too long in the section, but, um, yeah, we have a, our first ever cup competition, Brandon, and you and I spent, I would say a good two hours working this cup competition out, um, over, over, uh, over our, our, our season preview meetup uh, a few days ago. So yeah, we have a cup competition that we are launching, uh, uh, in game week one, it's kind of it's kind of like a qualifier, Brandon. So we've got a qualifier. It's gonna be double elimination. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. Double elimination for the people who lose in the first round, Brandon. This thing is gonna be complicated, but it's gonna be <laughs> awesome, uh, yeah. and it's gonna be open to patrons at any pledge level. Uh, we also have the upcoming Make Fantasy Fun Again T-shirt that Brandon. I think you're. I know. I know who you are. You like to. You like to really get a concept nailed before I you. Do share like to you tinker? Right? Yeah. 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 There is. There is no. I don't like to do the thing where you share the trailer for your upcoming movie and then everyone absolutely roasts it on YouTube, <laughs> and then you right. have to just go back and do a bunch of reshoots. No. When we launch this Make Fantasy Fun Again T-shirt for our patrons, it's going to be Chef's Kiss, guaranteed. 
And then uh, just last last but not least, uh, just a couple of shout outs. Uh, first one is to Sean Kamiski. Uh, he uh, started a fantasy game for the Championship League. And uh, I checked it out. Sean Kamiski is a very long, 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 long time Patreon uh, supporter. And it's gaffer.io is where you can go. So if you're a big championship supporter, if you have a club that you support in that league, uh, this could be perfect for you. So go and check that out. Uh, and then the Fantasy Football Hub, Brandon, they are giving us a 25% off uh, promotion for wow. anybody who uh, uses our um, our link, fantasypeoplehub.co.uk slash always. They get 25% off whatever tier they choose. That's awesome. Uh, they just... Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 a great site. They just actually rolled out a new app, um, and there's a great there's a great promo video that we shared earlier that was created by uh, Brett, who's part of FPL TV, a very nice guy, uh, and a manager who is similarly uh, in FPL misery all the time. So I really I really enjoy that. All <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, but you can access uh, it's the greatest fantasy minds managing today. They're sharing their strategy and their teams uh, through thoughtful articles and videos. Uh, these are basically like some of the absolute best fantasy players over you know more than a decade uh you get access to all data real opta stats easy to use player comparison tools gaming planning tools including uh custom spreadsheets mastermind by the legendary ben krellen even though i disagree with him on wolves uh he thinks they're boring which i think is an insane take okay uh, ben you you're access- on notice buddy <laughs> you get access to chat with other managers including private whatsapp groups uh so check out that and check out all of that and you get 25 percent of whatever tier you choose at fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always let's take a break get back answer the 10 big questions after the fbl launch Okay, we're back. 10 big questions after the FPL launch. Let's just jump right into the first question. Luke says, how are you thinking of structuring your team at the start of the season? Uh, so, Brandon, the, the big news here is that uh, they have decided that every player in the Premier League is a midfielder now. That is sort of the, the biggest change. <laughs> At least on United, right? I mean, if Aubameyang, like, I mean, is any, you know, I, I mean, he is, it's, it's just, it's so fluid now, you know, uh, our friend Andrew was saying that, uh, he kind of wishes they would just have like a fourth level now that was just for wingers, you know, um, like midfielders, wingers, forwards, because what are you going to do? I mean, if you if Sal and Mane are midfielders, then I guess Greenwood and, you know, and and Rashford and Aubameyang all have to be. I can't do it, well. Josh. I just think the reclassification of Aubameyang as a midfielder is wrong. It's wrong. And the Mason Greenwood. We talked in our price prediction pod about how absolutely bananas it would be if United mm-hmm. had three viable forward options in yeah. Martial, Rashford, and uh, Greenwood, and they solve that problem by moving Greenwood into the midfield, moving Martial into the forward spot. Is Rashford a midfielder? Yes. Uh, yeah, Rashford. Okay, I, I mean, we're splitting hairs perhaps here, but I just think they went a bit too rogue with these position repositions, whereas yeah. they should have been a little more creative with the pricing. And Aubameyang mm. will be the poster child for this all season. Aubameyang plays uh, he plays on the wing sure but he he's farthest forward he's often the one crashing into the box he's taking the pens he's the striker of that team and i yeah. just think it's truly bananas that he's a midfielder and i don't agree he's, with it yeah i mean he's he really is i mean he's almost like the definition of a okay, okay i shouldn't say the definition of striker because he is playing behind a striker you know whether that is uh lacazette or um 
or Eddie and Kitia, you know, but the yeah. the question is whether, um, whether being, you know, being sort of the second striker or playing behind the striker means you are no longer a forward. And that to me, I think is, it's, it's like they, I, I don't want to like be too, I, I don't want to get too negative here. Like whatever, it's fine. Like in some ways I, I, there, I actually think it's appealing that Aubameyang's a midfielder. It opens up some, some possibilities, but it, it just seems like, um, yeah, like if you're introducing the game to somebody and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> Aubameyang, you know, mid, the, the, one of the great midfielders in fantasy uh-huh. of, you know, sure, Aubameyang. Yeah. Pirlo, uh, Aubameyang. <laughs> yeah, it's like Marcus Rashford, you know, the great midfielder Marcus <laughs> Rashford. You know? So the, the, just, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's right because there are there are two sides of FPL that we sing praises for. And one side is FPL is fantastic because it embraces a simplified fantasy game and it doesn't try to overcomplicate things. Yes. You know, and, and that's mostly down to how the points are structured. And that's okay. And you sort of like learn, learn to work within that. But yeah. then there is this point where it, it the, the, the fantasy game is trying to be simple layered on top of a real life football culture which is anything but right and i think particularly the game going into the 2020 season these positions don't really mean they're not that rigid in these clubs particularly these elite clubs and they're just they're just not rigid like defense midfielder forward it doesn't work like that so it's going to take some just it's just going to take some willing suspension of disbelief on our part to say okay Obs is yeah. now a midfielder. We'll move on. I think what what makes it interesting is um, that it really does. And to get back to this question about structure, I you know I just honestly can't. I think that a a four four two is just so logical now, and a you know it, it, it's going to break up the three four three tyranny, right? Like we have. Every season, there's this, you know, um, and in fact, there's a question about this, you know, we're going to get to in a minute, but every season, it's like, are we going to go big at the back this year? Is this the year that, you know, we go five across the middle? And you tend to default to three, four, three, ultimately, because you want the players who score goals, right? (laughs) And so when you've taken all of the goal scorers, the players who who truly are forwards in any sense, except this, the fantasy game, um, and move them into the midfield, you have now taken all the goals and moved them into the midfield. So it it really doesn't seem logical, I think, to to have three forwards any longer. I mean, just looking at the you know, the, the teams right now, I mean, you have – I mean, I don't know. Like there's always a rationale for having forwards. This idea that the forward, you know, the position is just dead is, is silly, obviously, because, I mean, right now you, I mean, you could have a front line with Vardy, Martial, and Ings, right? Or, you know, Werner, Martial, and Ings and – or Jimenez, right? Like there are – you know, Harry Kane, like there, there are certainly a number of, you know, Jesus and Aguero, there are a number of great forwards, but I, I, to be loaded up in that position would mean that you wouldn't be able to have all of these players who are now classified as midfielders. And so I think when you're weighing which one to, you know, which, like which sort of category you want to put your money into, it's just, it just makes much more sense to, to put it in the midfield also because it makes it easier to move that money around, right? If you want to move from, uh, if you want to have a bombing for a game week and then move that over to Sala or whatever, it's a lot easier than if you have to move money from your forward line to your midfield. It requires two transfers, right? So 
Um, I don't know. Yeah, what I'm, do you think? I, I'm with you. I think the three five two is going to be the in fashion formation going into game week one. There's no question about it. Uh, and it, it it was always going to be that way coming out of the last season where so many points were coming out of the midfield from Sterling to De Bruyne to Liverpool. And you look at all the options that Chelsea was producing and anybody that was really producing up front apart from a bombing at the end of last season, which that problem is solved, just move them into mm-hmm. midfield. You have players like Jimenez and Ings who comparatively are reasonably reasonably priced so i do believe the structure going into game week one is going to be three five two if not a four five one and timo Werner is i think gonna be like the premium striker and at 9.5 like that's a bargain right there so Mm -hmm. i think i think it's going to be it's just and it it might turn into like a great sort of vanity position for our fantasy teams like you get to use your striker slot just to identify who you are as a fantasy manager or who you are as a football fan and it Mm -hmm. might not be very consequential at all i I think the way we're going and i guess the reason i would make that argument is the likelihood of any of us captaining a striker in this season seems less and less and less likely <laughs> yeah, the armband really. is just going to ride around the midfielders for the entire season hmm. so which which makes the strikers even less popular we were talking about um we were talking about the days of yore with joe at the scout and um on a great interview that we're going to be releasing in a in a couple of weeks and he was talking about remember those days where it was robin van persie and luis suarez where we all had him and and he those guys we captained them every week and that was just the way it was they were always strikers and we're just we're so well beyond that point at this at this time so midfielders get ready that's virtually everything we're going to talk about for this entire season yeah, I mean, you know, like record scratch cut to four weeks later, right? And uh, <laughs> yeah, there's some, right. you know, Patrick, Patrick Bamford scored seven goals and three, you know, and we're all uh, rejiggering our teams to have three forwards again. So, <laughs> you know, it, the, the like the arc of fantasy seems to point towards having at least two forwards, if not three. So we'll see. I mean, I, you know, the team that I mocked up today just for fun uh, is a four four two. I mean, but, you know, it's... I mean, who knows, right? I mean, I've got Vernon there right now, but I have no Man United players. Like, uh, I am now a convert. You know, I, I am now an Anthony Martial convert. It's finally happened, you know? So if they if they lose tomorrow uh, and they are eligible to play in game week one, then I think there's a decent chance he, Werner gets sacrificed for Martial. You know, it's like, I mean, there's, it's, so we'll, we'll see. Or I find a way to have, two big forwards up front and Werner and Marcel. Well, there's no way you're getting rid of Mitrovic uh, looking at your team right now. He's, he's nailed on, right? Well, I mean, we'll get to him in just a second here, but uh, uh, yeah. In fact, let's, let's go right, let's go right to it. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to move some things around here, Brandon. This is, uh, this is just this for you. Live okay? on the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is going to happen live on the air. So um, Joaquim says, who Brandon will be this season's Sheffield? Uh, and then Rob W. sort of in line with that says, is Mitrovic going to be this year's Ings or this year's Pookie? All right. So let's, <laughs> let's take the second question first. Is he going to be the Pookie? I don't know why I said Pookie quite like that. Is he going to be the Pookie or uh, or Ings of this year? No, Pookie was good for a while. Now, let's not let's not talk about him like he was a disaster. You know, he had his moments. Yeah, yeah, he he certainly did. 
Mitrovic, uh, I had predicted that he could come into the game as high as 7.0. In fact, I, you yeah. know, I'll own up to it, Josh. I predicted 7.0 for the man. It's and all I thought on the tape. Yeah. Beca- because of his uh, pr- Premier League pedigree, such as it was, the fact that he basically played and a golden boot winning season coming out of the championship, 6.0 for the Serbian, I think, is probably one of the bigger deals going into game week one. I mean, it, it certainly remains to be seen. Like this is, this is sight unseen. How are Fulham going to look in the premier league? Because Fulham have to really uh, look at, look back at the 2018 season and figure out what went wrong. And largely it was because they were stubborn in their ways and they tried to continue with their attacking play on the floor sort of style and they were awful. They were absolutely awful. So I do think the problem with Mitrovic going into game week one is the likelihood of Scott Parker trying to be a little more prudent, a little more conservative is very likely. And Mitrovic will be starved for service unless they sign people. If Fulham have been linked to Ryan Frazier, which I think might be interesting. So it's kind of like you look for the look for the signings for teams like Fulham who can help unlock Mitrovic as it is right now, as the Fulham squad is constituted. Mm -hmm. I really worry about where Mitrovic's service is going to come from. And (laughs) 6.0 might actually be an accurate price tag there. I I got called out last night on Twitter for being too negative about Arsenal. And you're the same way about Fulham. I don't know if this is like, I feel like this is very British of us, but but people do call us out about it. We are both so negative about the clubs that we support. You know, it's like, you talk to me about Fulham and just like, Ozil, overpriced, can't believe believe he's still on the team. Uh, It's hard for me to like be, you know, um, uh, like, I don't know, like the sun is shining, you know? And I feel like when, yeah. when you talk about Fulham, it's kind of the same way. I mean, you were, I know you were excited when they got promoted, but it's, uh, I, I think, I mean, I actually think they have some, some, I mean, uh, the Sheffield, I mean, yeah, looked at it literally. I mean, they, they don't have, they don't have a lot of defensive potential, but, um, looked at it from a, like, are there cheap fantasy options? I mean, everybody's super cheap on that team, right? I mean, Anthony, Anthony Knockard is, uh, Knockard, excuse me. 5.5. I mean, he didn't really prove himself at Brighton, but um, I think he, he could be interesting. What didn't do you really think about this? Didn't really prove himself at Fulham either. Cabano. What, any thoughts on Cabano? Are you, you know? Yeah, I think Cabano, Cabano is definitely the one to watch on Fulham because at mm-hmm. 5.0, that's a decent price tag at somebody who... So you're, you're looking for the role players in these teams, and everyone will remember Joe Bryan for his heroics in the playoff final. He took right. that free kick, which was from a long way out, and mm-hmm. uh, it was a miracle that went, that it went in. But any free kick closer to the goal will be taken by Cabano if Cabano is in the pitch because Cabano was scoring free kicks for fun heading into that playoff final. He's the right. free kick whiz on that team. And it's it, it, FPL. the FPL community made it happen. Everyone was watching that playoff final. Joe Bryan scores a brace at we the end it. of the game. And they're yeah. like, oh, boy, look out. FPL Towers are going to overprice this dude. And for no reason other than that playoff final, he comes in at 5.0, <laughs> which is ludicrous. <laughs> so no one's, said before, <laughs> no one's ever going to have, have this guy. Have you ever said, you've said before to me, just off pod, that you think Hector is the one who really makes that defense at least worth, like, 
at least not like running screaming from the way like yeah, they were a couple it, years ago. Yeah, if you if you think of the 2018 Fulham squad, they were a disaster class in the back, and it was mostly because they were trying to bed in all new defenders. And then there was Tim mm-hmm. Ream, and yeah. Tim Ream. Ask any Fulham fan; he is like player. He was the player of the season during their 2017 season. Everyone loves him, but he needs a stable force next to him, and Hector has provided that. And I mean, forgive the analogy, but I do think Hector has a resemblance to Virgil van Dyke and that he loves stepping in for a challenge. He, he is, he has that stature, right? Mm -hmm. And I think he will actually make Tim Ream much better in the Premier League this season. And then behind them, Rodak. Okay. So Hector, yeah, I think Hector is a great player, but the points that you'll get from the Fulham defense will actually be amplified for their goalkeeper. And like, if you're looking for a new Lucas Fabianski, I think Rodak at five point at four point five is the budget goalkeeper, perhaps to keep your eye on, because okay. Fulham are going to get lit up. And if like what we're what, like what we're talking about with um, an improved Fulham defense, they're at least able to make the shot the shots more difficult Rodak might yeah. be able to make some easy saves and you could see a lot of three and four pointers from this guy all right well you know me brandon i like my beer cold and my fantasy goalkeepers eastern european so this could be a real real option for me here's here's a um, fun twist there yeah lucas fabianski what is his uh middle name his middle name is merrick <laughs> his middle name is merrick oh and wow is, well there you go wow. what is Rodak's first name fabianski <laughs> it's all there it's like a national treasure like yeah. riddle right there for oh, you to unpack it's amazing yeah i need to reread the da vinci code uh all right so uh i i, I do think the metro at six million is um um really uh incredible value i just love i mean double digit goal score in the premier league uh golden boot winner in the, i mean i don't want to repeat everything you just said but like he you know i think he's really interesting at six million, he's a so. genuinely good penalty taker as well and he'll be on those yeah. so that's another yeah. added bonus there yeah. So he's one, you know, we'll talk more about that when we, you know, in upcoming weeks, but uh, I think that he's interesting. So that, there's your potted uh, Fulham preview. I think that, that that's good enough to, <laughs> yeah, to move exactly. on to the next The question. likelihood of Fulham being this season Sheffield United is basically nil, though. But yeah, I, I think yeah. it's like, I, I love the question from Joachim, and I would love if we were able to predict it, but wasn't the beauty of Sheffield United is no one saw that one coming? And yeah. Uh, I, that, that that is true, and I, I think that Leeds um, has a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of interesting players in there. I just I don't want to go on the Leeds road yet because I think that there's a lot a uh, lot to talk about uh, with that team. And um, yeah, I, th- I think they're kind of exciting. You know, I think um, Pablo Hernandez in particular, I think is a really interesting uh, player, and uh, someone we'll have to give a lot of thought to. He's he's only six million, and he's like. I think he's like 36 years old or something like that. He is, uh, you know, he's like, but he was awesome. He was incredible. You know, he was incredible in the championship last season. So, wow. That sounds like a five alarm fire, Brandon. Yeah. 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 They, they found out that Pablo Hernandez was underpriced in the game and they're coming to put that fire out. (laughs) That was Uh, like, like Christian Pulisic. That was the craziest (laughs) thing. Did you see that? The, the uh, American FPL site launched Pulisic's price at 8 million. Uh, we shared that out and we said, we thought this guy was a dyed in the wool, like absolutely no doubter, 8.5 yeah. million player. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can't believe he came at 8 million. The fantasy game hurt us, Brandon. They <laughs> believed what we said and they came back and they changed his price from 8 million to 8.5. 
It was incredible. It was the always cheating bump. I wanted a reverse bump. You know, uh, I didn't know we had the power to go up in price. <laughs> We'd love to take uh, him to seven point five yeah. if we if we had it to do all over again. Yeah, <laughs> we did over again. So uh, yeah, eight point five million is the Pulisic price, and uh, you have us to thank for that. So I'm sorry, You're everybody. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, FPL Prince says you can only pick three heavy hitters. Who do you go for? Kevin De Bruyne, uh, he, he, I mean, he was the one to actually score a goal for City against their, you know, uh, dire Lyon performance. And mm-hmm. him adding penalties to his quiver is just, it's fantasy catnip. It's great. So it's Kevin De Bruyne. Bruno mm-hmm. Fernandez, I think um, we were all fearful that we, he would come in at 11 or higher and that he was, as we predicted, coming in at 10.5. I think he's got to be nailed into a lot of our squads now you talk about that's 12 million for de bruyne that's 10.5 for bruno that's that's basically your allotment of premiums in your midfield so then i think the other premium is timo Werner up front unless we are counting trent alexander arnold in the defense so i guess if you'll allow me josh i'm going to take four Mm -hmm. premiums i think it's trent de bruyne bruno and timo Werner. game set match Okay. Yeah, that is that is cheating because that is four, but I will I'll, I will allow it. Um I think that uh one thing I said on a, on a pod late last season uh was that the story of the season for me was was that I was not respecting the kind of blue chip stock nature of De Bruyne Salon money, and that I was constantly taking them in and out and moving them around. And in the end they finished as the top three overall points getters and uh and I just, I, I just feel like I, I, I like got ahead of my skis a little bit in terms of like trying to like, like play the game where I was like, okay, I'm gonna have a solid this week, and then I'm gonna shift to Mane, and I, I, you know, and so I mean, in some ways that is like the, you know, when when executed correctly, that is basically the kind of upside chasing uh, approach um, that I think is gonna be really popular this season with so many midfielders. But um, on the other hand, when I'm just thinking about you know the first three players in my team the, those first three players were, were Mane, Sally and Mane, Sally and De Bruyne and it's a massive outlay but if you I think if you just decide like philosophically that I'm going to have those three players um and then the rest of the team has to has to work around that um I I think that might be um the approach because I just I just want the three players that I that I like the most that I that I think are the best fantasy assets yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Salon Mane, no Champions League commitments in, in August. Uh, they're going to come out fresh. They're going to start every match to start the season. Um, super dangerous, both captainable. Uh, and De Bruyne now um, will we'll start every match as well. I mean, he's, he's certainly the most important player to that team. He's the one player who really can't be rotated. Um, I mean, he, he will get rotated occasionally like all Man City players, but he is, um, is about as essential as any player gets in that team. Um, so that, and De Bruyne is, I, uh, I, I mistakenly said he was 12.0, but he is actually 11.5, which underscores more the, I, mm-hmm. I think what we're saying here, yeah. Josh, and that De Bruyne is, it's crazy. A player as expensive as 11.5 is like, wow, that's a steal for De Bruyne. And I think it is, he will be yeah. competing against Raheem Sterling, of course. And if Raheem starts scoring hat tricks, then we'll have real decisions and, yeah, I, I'm I'm not yeah. ready to reckon with the Liverpool question just yet because I think coming out of the 2019-20 season, the taste that's left in your mouth is Liverpool very much on the beach, having clinched the title right. very early on, right. and it was City and it was Manchester United 
who looked the best for FPL returns. And I think I'm yep. going to have to really recalibrate now. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. And, and, you know, I mean, you don't know if that's going to carry over or not. I mean, I, you know, it's interestingly, I think we are now two weeks away. The, um, the charity shield is, is two weeks from tomorrow, which is kind of crazy because, uh, there is an international break the week before the premier league season starts. Isn't that not cool. the strangest That's so cool. thing? That's great. Yeah. It's very unusual. And so, um, I guess Everything's Americans great, can't, Josh. we can't, we can't play in that. Right. Cause we can't, uh, we're not allowed to travel in other countries right now, but, uh, other people will be able to play in that. I don't really know why you'd want people traveling all over the world right before you started your domestic seasons. That seems needlessly <laughs> risky, but that is, that I'm is what's giving happening. The thumbs up sign to my microphone right now, Josh. <laughs> So that is, uh, that's what will be happening. Uh, so I, you know, so we will get to see Liverpool and Ar- actually a pretty fun game, uh, Liverpool Arsenal and, uh, it'd be a great, uh, um, I don't know, like, what's the word palate cleanser, right? It'll be sort of like, and and actually, in, in some ways it's kind of perfect because usually what happens is the, you know, the trigger shields are usually a week before the season starts and you basically, um, get really excited about whoever plays well in that. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, you know, uh, famously a couple years ago was, um, uh, what's his name? You know, plays for Everton. Uh, he was an Arsenal player at the time. Um, the year Walcott. No, the, the other one, the other, uh, he's a, speedy. Oh, uh, Wobi. Alex Wobi. Wo- Wobi, right. So Wobi <laughs> plays well in that and suddenly everyone wants a Wobi in their team and then it will didn't go start. very well. Yeah, but he managed. So, uh, this is, you know, so anyway, I think, um, We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I like that this will happen, but it'll happen with enough space that we won't get um, it won't mess, you know, mess with our thinking too much. Uh, all right. Next question. Uh, Keith James says uh, there's much uh, discussion about midfielders offering the best premium value this season. Um, what are your thoughts? So, I mean, we've, we've been talking about this a little bit already, but um, I, I'm going to take the next two together because I think um, they, they make sense as a pair. So uh, FPL pup, Brandon, that's a new one to me. FPL uh-huh. pup. So, <laughs> does the number of expensive mids make the season one where we should switch between them frequently? So, yeah, what do you think about that? What do you think about this? This kind of, I mean, again, I, I mentioned it before, but this, this, I, if there, if there has been a philosophical, like, uh, or I shouldn't say philosophical, but like a, a, like a, strategy, a strategy that has, that has emerged over the last season or so, it's this idea of upside chasing, which is basically, um, you don't, you know, it's a late riser. Pernil Seth has really popularized. He had a great season. I think he finished in the top 40 overall. Um, and you know, basically the idea is that you aren't married to any player and that you are sort of constantly, you know, looking for giant returns. So someone like Aubameyang who tends to fade in big matches, much as I love Aubameyang tends to not form at his best in big matches, but tends to be explosively, dangerous in yeah. a match against a relegated team uh, is a player that you would like, you're just not as, as focused on team value and that you're sort of worried about just maximizing massive returns, not getting married to any one player. So um, what do you think about that? That doesn't, it isn't necessarily an approach that you would typically take. I feel like as a fantasy manager, I, I do think it's a high risk, high reward sort of a strategy. And I mean, it's, it was, it was the greatest takeaway from always cheating season five last season, Josh, when you compared being an FPL manager to being in the movie Ford versus Ferrari, where <laughs> yes. you have to be, if you want to break the land speed record, you have to be willing to let your car explode and you could yes. perish in the process. And that's, 
just the price that you have to be willing to pay to to achieve that thing. And right. uh, I think thinking about this midfield discussion and the, the premium discussion, there are two distinct strategies that I think the upside chasing is a, is a very abstract strategy. That is a strategy based on gut feeling and you trying to predict what happens. What I think more basically for FPL managers, you could play one of two ways. You can say, I can guarantee you that Mane and Salah, De Bruyne, Sterling, they will all break 200 points from game week one to game week 38. So I will take them and I will place them on my team and they will be immovable assets because there will be very bad weeks, but there will be very good weeks and it will all at the end of the season bear fruit. The other way, and, and, and if you play that way, there is a good chance of you, you know, kind of cruising to the top 250k the top 100k but if your mm-hmm. sights are set on the top 10k the only way to do it is to do the i have to move those premium assets week to week to find the precise right formula for every game week and right. for you to be able to do that that's just a lot of nerve that you have to have and a lot of I don't really want to use the word luck. I really don't. I think because I think if you play that way, then a lot of your strategy is built on your marginal players too to bolster up, bolster those those moves that you're making. But I think you see what yeah. I'm saying. It's like either you stick with the premium assets for the full season, or you commit to this idea of I'm going to chop and change, and that's really the only way to to go mm. for broke and. I don't know. Do I do I have it in me? I mean, there there have been points in time. You you would often point to the yeah. couple of game weeks, Josh, where I was able to do that with Lukaku and Ibrahimovic when there was Everton and Manchester United striker rotation. And I was the able fact to that be... we have to go back to when Ibra was in the league. <laughs> yeah, right. Tells you yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not great. It's not great. Yeah. But it's it's a very hard thing for some some stubborn conservative managers to do. Yeah. So, you know, well, I don't know the, that yeah. I can recommend it for everybody. This is the thing about the, and just, just to briefly, the, this, this analogy from like, you know, eight months ago or whatever it was when we talked about this podcast, but you know, in Ford versus Ferrari, uh, you know, they, they, they build this car, you know, the, the Ford company, they build this car and, uh, you know, it can get to 7,000 RPM. Right. Uh, but you know, so like basically like they, they you know, there's a way that they can actually, they, they build a car that might be able to actually win, you know, Le Mans, but to do it, um, there's a chance that if you hit that target, your car is going to blow up. It might explode, and um, you know, and kill and, you in the process, and can possibly kill you in the process, or you know, kill your team in this case, yeah, right? Right. And so, a lot of people talk about being bold, and they ultimately don't have the, they don't have it in them to possibly blow up their team, right? And so. Um, so you end up kind of doing these half measures where you sort of, you get like a little tricky, you know, and like, or like, are you just like, it's like you, you almost just, you don't, you end up not playing your own game really. And, and you end up kind of hurting yourself in the process and you'd be better off just sticking with a philosophy that works for you. Because I do think that, and this is like big picture, like fantasy management, it's probably just true people in life in general, but like you sort of, people default to their personality. It is very hard to change your personality. And so if your personality just as a human being is, is to be a little more conservative, you know, not, 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 you know, big C conservative, but just like a little more like cautious, a little more, 
um, uh, just like, you know, shoring up your, your weaknesses, you know, like a sort of just like, like a fundamentally like sound approach and not super risky. You should probably just be the best at that, you know, and just, and just try to really be smart about that and, and try to get on players early when their form is there. I think you can still be a conservative manager and be aggressive within the kind of lane that you've picked, you know? Um, and, and then the other way is, is just to be, is just to be really wild and just really commit to it, you know? Um, and just sort of, um, I don't know. Uh, but so I, I mean, I guess I'm agreeing with you. I'm just sort of reframing it in the way that makes sense to me. So, yeah, right. Um, yeah. So I, I hear what you're saying though. All right. So next question in our 10 points for the FPL relaunch comes from FPL Jack, who asks, it seems like the inclusion of specific price point slots is becoming more important as it allows for flexibility between assets and good team structure. This is something you and I, Josh, talked with uh, Joe Lepper quite a bit about. FPL Jack goes on to say, personally, I plan on having a 9.0 to 10.5 forward slot at all times. What about you guys? Okay, so Josh, talk to me uh, about your price structure planning. Yeah. Well, in the midfield, I I do think that there's something to be said for having, I mean, one of the advantages of having a KDB Salah and Mane midfield uh, is it makes it really easy to move around. You know, if I want to bring in Sterling, if I want to bring in Aubameyang, if I want to bring in Bruno, I can do it without, without doing anything more than burning one transfer. And as long as I've got those slots there, I can do it and I can still keep a Salah or whatever, right? Like I don't have to like sort of burn my, my team down. Um, so, you know, but I, I think in general, I, I don't really, um, I don't think like, I don't think like in terms of slot, I'm much more focused on value, you know? And so like, if I think that, you know, Mitro is great value at 6 million as a forward, then that's, that's where I'm that's what I want, you know, and I'm not thinking too much about having a, a premium forward. You know, I, I don't, yeah. I don't get too caught up in sort of having slots in my team. Um, you know, if Mitro's performing, um, you know, comparably to some of the, you know, if he's kind of, let's say like Danny Ings, right. If he's performing comparably to Danny Ings, um, then, then that's the, you know, that's, that's the player I'm going to go for because that 2.5 million is such a yeah. huge value savings. Yeah. What do, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that you don't want to be too strict with these price slots. There is, uh, and I think I do adhere to the pricing structure. Like I don't want to be, oh, even despite what I was saying about the three five two or the uh, whatever formation where you're going all in in the midfield, you don't want to be in a position ultimately where you've got nothing to spend in your back line or nothing to spend right. in your front line. So there's there's a theory there, but I do think you can be too rigorous because I agree with you, Josh, in that you're always just a minus four away from reshaping that price structure. So if you think, well, I have this, like as Jack suggests in his forward slot, he always has a nine to 10.5 slot. Well, that could be useless to you at moments of the season where maybe Werner is injured. uh, And as we saw, Jimenez yeah. came at came in at eight point five. So you don't want to needlessly commit extra funds up front when you don't have to, knowing that if needs must, just spend four four meager points, Josh, four right. points to take a hit yeah. to rejigger that, and it's as easy as that. So it's a good it's good theoretically, but it is not a a, a very strict religion that I think you need to follow. No, I, I don't think so either. And I mean, and, and, and I think there are even times then where I'll just blow up that rule entirely, right? Like if I just, um, um, you know, if I'm just looking for like, 
I mean, I would probably wouldn't do this early in a season, but like, you know, near the end of the season, I, I you know, brought in Harry Kane um, when he was not a very popular pick at all. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, but I just felt like I liked the fixtures and I, I thought he was showing improved form and um, he scored five goals over the final three matches, you know? And so um, there are times when you just, you, you just don't want to be too committed to any kind of, you know, slot, uh, because sometimes you're just going to, you're just going to blow it up because the situation calls for it. Yeah. Uh, all right. A uh, couple, I think we can, uh, do these next couple kind of quickly, Brandon, but Matt says is big at the back back. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I think that, well, big, at, big in the big at the back was the drum that everyone was beating heading into the 2019 season. And it just like, like five just, years into this, it just didn't work. And yeah. it's not that it, it's not that big at the back didn't work. It was just that big at the back is not your strategy. It, it, it's it's just like it's like what we're talking about with the fluidity of positions. There are there are defensive assets that are that are good picks at certain points in the season with certain fixture runs or team form. You look at Matt Doherty, who was only a decent pick at the end of the last season, and he was worth that six point oh six point five price tag. Is big at the back back? Did it ever go anywhere? Is it coming back? Is it a is it a, a fool's gold? It's kind of none of the above. It's just kind mm-hmm. of like, yeah, I, a, a false narrative. Can we call it that? Well, I mean, just last season, it it, it kind of blew up. I mean, it was just a disaster, you know. And um, it, I, I think you know the the problem is that what what typically happens is you find. Uh, a bunch of cheaper players like Sheffield United last season who offer yeah. you, you know, huge, like similar, if not superior returns for 2 million cheaper. And it just becomes right. silly to do that. Whereas there's really no other place in your midfield or forward line where you can replicate those returns. You know, it's like, you know, it's very rare that like a Riyad Mahrez at Leicester a few seasons ago suddenly just becomes like, a must own player at 5.5 million. You, you very rarely get that in those, in those slots. Whereas was it a fluke though? Was it a fluke? Because at the start of the 2019, season, we all pinpointed John Lundstrom as a 4.0 out of position defender, get him in Sheffield yeah. United, start getting clean sheets. And he does Lundstrom does the business and Liverpool cannot keep a clean sheet to save their life. However, come the end of the season, Liverpool have kept what, 14 clean sheets. Like there was a point at which if, yeah. if Liverpool did what they did at the midpoint of the season, at the start of the season, maybe big at the back was back. I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe there's, there's something you said for like the second half of the season or something. I, I'd have to like, look at, look at it more. I mean, maybe, you know, I think there's, there, I think that we do have some evidence that promoted clubs tend to really perform well at the start of a season. Right. There's a kind of um, surge of energy. Uh, we all remember comes. Huddersfield Town and their first three game weeks of whatever season that was. Where are they now? Yeah. Were they like top of the table or something? Yeah. They stayed up that first year, though. They did. Um, yeah. And uh, and Stevens. But yeah, I mean, that that whole like, I mean, the, you know, that Sheffield United defense was incredible at the start of the season and really about halfway through it. By the end, it didn't really, you know, the wheels had come off a little bit, but they were, you know, they were remarkable for, for you know, a good long time. So anyway, that's, and actually it's interesting because uh, the next question is from Shiv. He says, who are your top value picks? Um, so, you know, I have a few that, that I, I, I actually, I mean, I have them in my team right now. So I'll just list off a couple, Brandon, you can tell me uh, who else you've got as well. Uh, we talked about Mitchell already. 
Um, I think there's a lot of defender value picks. I think that, um, you know, a Ruben, is, is it Vinagre? Is that how you say his name? Vinagre, I, I think. Yeah. Vinagre. I mean, not that I'm okay. not that I know, yeah. but that's what I think. Yeah. Uh, the unless they buy somebody, the very logical uh, Johnny replacement looks like Johnny's going to be out until January. Uh, it is a chance to have a Wolves fullback. You know they're very attacking fullbacks. A Wolves fullback for four point five million, and uh, Wolves def- defense is excellent uh, because of their loss to Sevilla. They'll be ready to start in game week one. Uh, great value. Um, and then an uh, Arsenal, you have um, Saliba who. Um, was uh, purchased, uh, I guess they he actually was bought for the team uh, a season ago. Uh, and he went out on loan. I think he went on loan in the French League. I can't actually, I can't remember anymore what team he was, he was on loan to. Uh, but he is, um, you know, it's like a 30 million center back who everyone is really excited about. There's actually some, the early hope, I guess, is that he could actually be Arsenal's Van Dyke. Like that's how excited yeah. they are about, about William Saliba. So um, available for 4.5 million. Arsenal's defense played, you know, quite well um, at the end of the season. So um, he stands out. I think Charlie Taylor at 4.5 million. Um, you know, I think that he's might be a cheap way into the Burnley defense. Oh, you're, you're a real uh, fabulist then, here, Josh. Yeah, I know. I'm like building a, a narrative about all these cheap players, but and I, you know, but but again, it really feels like it's it's in the defense that I'm that I'm most excited in. Um, Alex McCarthy, um, I thought a 4.5 million was was pretty good value too because uh, uh, it seems like Sheffield United, or excuse me, Southampton kind of figured something out at the end of the season and they were performing pretty well defensively. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. I I'm, my focus on the value was more up front, and I think Chelsea was an odd one where I expected a little more a little more action in their prices. I didn't see a lot of change. I mean, Pulisic, we kind of knew was going to come in at 8.5, but ZH at yeah, we made 8.8 yeah. point, we made it happen. ZH at 8.0, that is definitely, I mean, and it's, it's always a, a, a toss of the coin of these, these players, like do they hit the ground running most Sala style or sure. or are they just not fit for the league? But at eight point on uh, uh, playing just behind Timo Werner, I think yeah. that Ziyech is really exciting. Timo Werner, we expected would be priced higher than nine point five. There's value there, and yep. players that you've actually seen player play. I was stunned to see that Kane got demoted to ten point five. Son mm-hmm. didn't really get a bump. He's just at 9.0. Same price. Yep. So the Spurs players, I mean, I kind of have zero hope that Jose Mourinho knows what he's doing with this with this yeah. team at the moment. But if if there's a miracle and it comes together, if if Kane is able to, you know, ride again the way we've seen him before, 10.5 is a fabulous price for him. Yeah, that, I mean that—that's fair. That you know, it really is. I mean, g- given his, you know, I mean this season, this last season, he missed a ton of games through injury, and he still finished with 18 goals in the season. Um, you know, quite you know, quite reasonable in the end. I mean, he was not a fun player to own in fantasy for most of the year, but um, yeah, I mean, he's only what 28. I mean, it's not like he's you know you know, 37 and washed up. I mean, yeah. you know, he's it kind of, does, and it, yeah. it, it does take me back to FPL Jack's question about a, the, that 9.0 to 10.5 price yeah. bracket. And if you think about rotating between Werner and Kane, yeah, it's something that could well, make sense. 
That's true. I mean, it's not like it's, I mean, I, I understand the rationale because, I mean, you know, I talked about it in the midfield, but it is true in the forward line a little bit too. I mean, I, you know, if you find yourself in a position where you've got, you know, a bunch of 6 million, 6.5 million forwards, um, it does really make it difficult uh, if somebody really emerges and, you know, yeah, and, right. um, and it's certainly like, I mean, you know, we haven't talked about Sergio Aguero at all, right? And if he comes back healthy, I mean, he's, you know, um, he, he can be the, the player that an entire fantasy season pivots on you know his performance mm-hmm. in some matches yeah. and um so you know we'll see i mean obviously he's, he's you know coming back from a knee injury so you know who knows um where he'll be uh by the start of the season i, I don't think that like I, th- I think he should be ready by game week one but it, you know is he an every week player at the start you know yeah, who knows all right a uh, couple more questions brandon two more questions um Dork Lord says, what lessons will you bring specifically into the early part of the season based on your experiences last year? Yeah, this one for me is uh, kind of personal. I think that I really do want to trust my there that my impulse last season was to go into my game week one squad with the utmost faith and then trust them and be patient with them. And my plan for this season is just really scrutinize what happens in game week one, really eye test game week one. This is, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how obvious this is to every FPL manager out there, but to be a little more proactive after game week one, I think would be the point. Take what you learn from game week one and don't be afraid to really just chop some, some players from that game week one squad and quickly move. And if you look at like transformative seasons where you should have known Mares just absolutely doing the business in game week one, that Lester league, league winning season, identify yeah. those uh, emerging players as that do really pop in game week one and bring them in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Bring them in fast. Right. That's, that's the whole thing is you don't bring them in. And once they've had seven good game weeks and everybody owns them, right. It's like bring them in quickly. Yeah. yeah. Like it, Buffett, Timmy yeah. Gomes, we, instead of bringing him in, when he had that roaring start for Swansea, all we did was just talk about like, well, how long can this go on for? And while we talked about how long it would go on for, it went on for five or six game weeks. And by the time it was done, uh, it was truly done. And you didn't get to capitalize on on any of those points. That's yeah, that's, that's really right. Uh, I think for me, uh, the biggest thing is I, uh, I'm trying to, not let self-consciousness creep into my game. And, and, and for me, that actually spins both ways. I think uh, for some people, and for me sometimes too, um, you know, if I make a, um, what, what, what I like a possibly bold move, you know, which a move that could really backfire. Um, I, uh, sometimes will like, it's almost like I, like, I'm like, I know that I would have to like talk about it on the podcast or, you know, post about it or whatever. And it's sort of like, deters me a little bit sometimes. Um, and I, I don't want to have that kind of self-consciousness, but for me, it actually often spins the other way, which is that I hate to be boring and I hate to have a team that I feel like is super similar to everyone else's. And that desire to be a little bit different is, uh, has hurt me a lot last season and, and got me in a position where I had a lot of really funky teams where I just wasn't, enjoying the game as much because I didn't have all these good players <laughs> who were doing well. And it was like, cause I was trying to be different. And it just meant that like you had like all of, you know, just, I mean, you know, just pick up Twitter, like all of Twitter, like celebrating these players doing well. And I'm like stubbornly holding on to whatever an injured Mo Salah or something like that, you know? Yeah. And it was just, I don't, so I don't want that self. I just want to play my own game, whether I'm being conservative or, 
you know, um, are, are taking some risks uh, next season. So um, I think that is, uh, and, and I just think it's more fun. I mean, I just think that, um, you know, if you're just going to do, I don't know, like, I mean, it's, it, it sh- you should play your own game. It's more fun that way. You know, it's like, it's what, what else, why else play? You know, it's not like most why? people are in like leagues where you're going to win $60,000 or whatever. It's like, you know, you're just, just play, you know, and just, uh, um, you know, and play your style and, and hopefully it's good enough. Uh, all right. Uh, last question from as from FPL Jamma. We've talked about this a fair amount already, but it says, uh, which of the new players are most likely to make it in your game week one team? So we talked about Fulham already. West Brom uh, and and Leeds, does anyone you know stand out to you uh, immediately? Not really. I mean, I'm thinking more of those newish players that are that are more expensive and signed to top of the table clubs like the team of Werners, because those are uh, the likelihood of Werner being more highly owned and he's more expensive, mm-hmm. therefore a little trickier to fit into your squad. You benefit more from having him in game week one versus the cheaper players from the promoted squads where, you know, we could prognosticate about West Brom Leeds and Fulham, but yeah. I honestly won't believe it until I see it with any of those three clubs. And once we see it, those players, you know, they're going to top out around 6.0, 6.5 at the harshest. Right. They will be very easy to bring in for game week two. So I wouldn't lose any sleep about really analyzing the promoted teams until we see what they do in game week one. So for me, game week one is more about getting the mix right as best I can with the more expensive players. Right. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense. Um, I think... Uh, uh, you know, yeah, I've got Mitro in my, my first mock-up, um, the West Brom thing, like they are so unpopular and untalked about that. I actually wonder if there might be some value there, you know, like just a little bit like, is, are there other players that are just going to fly completely under the radar? I mean, you know, um, you know, Ahmed has Akazi for, you know, example, uh, you know, pretty decent player two seasons ago, you know, could he be somebody that, yeah. um, is, you know, valuable at 4.5 million. So I, I, I think that, um, then I'm at least keep an eye on them. And then, you know, I think, um, bleeds, I think there are some really interesting players. I mean, we talked about, uh, Pablo Hernandez, um, and Jack um, Harrison, you know, our, our, our boy, Jack Harrison, I was about to yeah. say, uh, so I think, you know, Jack Harrison could be, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know, like, is that just a totally sentimental pick? I don't know, <laughs> but I do, I do like him. Uh, Patrick Bamford. I mean, I'm just sort of curious about, like, I'm just curious if he, um, you know, how he'll do. I mean, it's sort of, uh, I don't think there's You're any Bamford curious. I like it. Yeah, there's not. I don't think there's a lot of excitement uh, out there about him, but um, his price point is right, right at five point five million. So, yeah, he know, doesn't we'll have an illustrious history in the Premier League. Like he couldn't get into that Palace squad, but but West Ham, he's still young. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Who knows? Strikers can take a while sometimes. Yeah, West Brom though is like a uh, that's actually a weirdly popular team amongst always cheating Patreon supporters. So <laughs> yes, we know yeah. where to go to get the straight poop on West Brom. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, and he was a Chelsea player at Bamford originally. So, I mean, it's a little bit like, uh, Josh, uh, Anamoa, is that how you say his name? Anamoa. Yeah. Right. So, but he was, a, he was a, uh, Spurs player initially, right? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot there. I mean, it's not like he made his bones at Spurs or anything. He's just kind of, he is a Fulham player, Joshua. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
okay. I'm just saying that someone like Bamford is, you know, I was thinking a little bit like on a, a you know, I mean, he had scored an incredible goal, right, in the in the in the in the playoff semifinals, and um, you know, he yeah, he was in Spurs for for several seasons, and um, you know, you just wonder if maybe um, you know, these really talented players, like sometimes it does take them a second or third club to 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 finally shine, you know, that they just they just haven't quite. You know, sometimes like just being at a big club just doesn't work for certain people. So anyway, this is a long way of saying that I'm I'm sort of I'm open to players like Bamford, good, you know, because um, sometimes um, if the talent's there, at least that's something, you know, that's why so, we love you, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. All right. Let's take a break. And uh, we're going to uh, we actually have some hot takes. Brandon. We have some hot takes from our patrons. Uh, they're going to roll out here and then we're going to roll our way out of the podcast. All right, guys, from tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun Purgussive Therapy device that Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for the targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. Josh, I'm already there. Yeah, I would love that. One day, Brandon, I'll have a deep night sleep again. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go here, theragun.com. That's T-H-E-R-A-G-U-N.com slash blue wire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, Send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash blue wire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash blue wire. And Brandon, Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with and possibly Saturdays. We'll see. See what happens with college football. With NFL Sunday Ticket.tv, you can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Sunday Ticket is the best, Brandon. Uh, plus, Red Zone TV and Direct TV Fantasy Zone channels. You can never miss your favorite team and favorite players again. I'm a long suffering Lions fan, Brandon, and I <laughs> somehow still watch them every week. I don't know what is wrong you're with good, me. You're a good fan, Josh. Uh, yeah, is it? Maybe I'm a bad fan. Maybe I should, I should you know, you I should do know. more. Why can't you play quarterback in the NFL, Josh? <laughs> you could really help the team. No matter where you live, NFL Sunday TV is your key to the most glorious Sunday ever. Use the promo code BlueWire at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. That's B L U E W I R E, no space. Visit NFL Sunday TV and use promo code BlueWire. 
All right, Brandon, before we leave, we wanted to just, you know, give you a few hot takes uh, on the launch of the game and what's going to happen this year. Uh, so, Brandon, here come four screaming hot takes. These mm-hmm. are all from our Patreon okay. supporters. And by the way, if you want to be on this podcast, Brandon, if you want to appear on the OSG podcast, becoming a Patreon supporter is probably the best way to do it. That's a bonus plug right there, Brandon. That was an unplanned bonus plug <laughs> for our Patreon. Uh, so... Here's the first one. And we're just going to flash through these. Uh, the first one is from uh, FPL and he says, we are light years away from the time last year when it was all about big at the back. Yeah, we, we, we seem that way. We just kind of talked about that. And there's always a tagline to start the season. And it's, it's not that it doesn't come true, right? Because we kind of talked about there have been plenty of expensive defenders that came good toward the end of the season, whether you're talking about Trent or Darty. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, some people would say 5.0 is too much to pay for Tarkovsky, Josh. So if that, if that counts for big at the back, then, <laughs> then I'm there. Right. I'm big, baby. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a matter of perspective, I think. It does seem like the theme this year is uh, why can't I have eleven midfielders? That feels like that's 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 the emerging. Uh, so I don't know if that, I don't know that counts as light years away from big at the back. I mean, I'm certainly um, much like I, I just looked. It's fifty three percent of managers have Trent Alexander Arnold already. So yeah. uh, he might be like seventy percent owned. Uh, but the time the season kicks off. Well, I'm okay. Okay, uh, so yeah. so let's before we move on because this is a brisk hot take section and I fully respect that. But in the effort mm-hmm. of making this a lightning round, I'd like to spend another five minutes on this. <laughs> uh huh. Trent at seven point five. Wait, is he seven point five or is he eight? Seven point five. Yep. I mean that is. Kind of everyone predicted, like, humbly, I request that Trent come in at 8.0 for this season because there's yeah. no way I'm not buying this guy at anything uh, that's beyond, like, 9.0. And if you compare his points, his FPL points outlay to any other yeah. player in the game at 7.5, I mean, yeah. Mason Greenwood in the midfield, are you going to take Greenwood over Trent? No. So it's like, it's just another thing of like, it doesn't matter big at the back, big in the midfield. It doesn't matter. This guy presents tremendous FPL points value, no matter where on the pitch he is at 7.5. So is there any way you don't have Trent in game week one? Honestly, no, I I don't think so. And his ownership is so high now that it wouldn't even be fun to watch those full matches if you didn't have them, you know? Um, I think the question for me and I, what I wish they had done, although I, 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 I'm glad we've not spent this podcast talking too much about what we wish would have happened, but because uh, that, that's just a, a depressing uh, conversational thread. But uh, I wish that he had come in at eight million and that Robbo would come in at seven and then you'd have a real challenge. You know, like uh, that would be a debate, I think, at one million. But at point five, I mean, it just feels like, you know, he's just so good. And, yeah. you know, the only question to me is whether I have two um, Liverpool defenders, um, which, I mean, talk about value. It may just be better to have, I mean, you have Robbo and Van Dyke, and, or I mean, you know, Trent and Van Dyke. Um, I mean, Van Dyke's going to play every game, going to get your four goals, you know, ton of clean sheets, 6.5 million. It's not that much, um, you know. So, I mean, right now I've got Salah and Mane in the midfield, but, um, what was the original question? Oh yeah, yeah, big at the back. Yes, I'm gonna go. I'd rather I'm gonna we go just talk about your hypothetical team for a while longer. That sounds good. <laughs> you started this. <laughs> you, you set me down this road. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, Luke says, uh, we're all going to start the season. This is another hot take. We're all going to start the season with snack midfielders. But then uh, Ings, Martial, Werner, Aguero, and Kane will start smashing the man. And everyone yeah. will be falling over themselves to yeah. move value up front. Yeah. As Luke is talking, I'm listening. And I think that could very much... It, and, yeah. and, and, and again, it's sort of like all about the preseason narrative where I'm kind of all in on this, at, at least five starting midfielders, but yeah. I'm fully prepared. And, and these names that are being listed by Luke Martial proven Werner. Yep. I mean, he's, he's proven everywhere, but England, basically Aguero proven mm-hmm. Kane proven. It could all yep. totally happen. I mean, if it's not Aguero, it could be Jesus because city are going to be scoring goals. Uh, yep. so yeah, be, be ready for it. Be ready. I'm ready. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we never, we really didn't talk about Ings that much on this podcast. Uh, he's, I think he's interesting. I don't think he's essential necessarily. Um, he, he's, I mean, he's Southampton the, just, he is the I'm player sorry, that I think has been the victim of pricing here. And, and notably I would have expected Jimenez to be higher than 8.5. The fact that Jimenez comes in at 8.5 is more or less a headshot to Danny Ings because I think the likelihood of Jimenez replicating, which he's proven two seasons running, that he's very consistent. Mm -hmm. Danny Ings had a fantastic season last season, but it's it's not two seasons running like him as I mean, you know what I'm saying here. It's Ings, Ings could easily prove to be a fluke there. So you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's just such better value, 8.5 for Jimenez. I just don't see where yeah. Ings at 8.0 fits into anyone's team. It's just it's just tricky because I, I just think a, a really good rule of thumb is when a play like, – like Southampton are okay, right? But they're like a bottom half team. They're not, they're not that good. And, you know, anytime a player from a bottom half team is going to cost you almost $9 million, um, you really have to stop and think about whether that's a smart strategy to spend yeah. that much money on a bottom, bottom half table, uh, table player, no matter how good he was last season. Cause they're just, yeah. he's just not going to create as many chances, you know, and, or have as many chances like put forward, you know, like just in the way I, I was saying with this earlier, because people were talking about this with, um, with Werner and this idea that he, um, you know, is going to miss a lot of chances. And I'm just like, this is what, players on good teams and attacking teams miss a lot of, this is like a narrative that happens with Aguero all the time too. And, you know, it's like when you're on a good team, you're just going to get a, a, Raheem Sterling is like this too. I mean, yeah, he missed a giant chance today, but like, you know, uh, by the way, that was, that game was Kyle, the Kyle Walker game, not the Raheem Sterling game, Brandon. I don't want to litigate that match, but okay. Kyle Walker was completely off over two of those three goals <laughs> and, and everything comes down to this miss by Sterling as if, you know, yeah, well, it, it's like know. Laporte yeah. making those awful mistakes against Spurs in last year's champions league. Um, city's defense has been their Achilles heel for forever, totally. forever. Yeah. It really has been, but I just, I just think that, you know, forwards on good teams miss lots of chances. And so they get this argument that they're wasteful, but you know, if you put, if you put a Danny Ings on one of these teams, he would have tons more chances and he would miss more of them. And suddenly he yeah. would get this wasteful tag as well. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> Here's you know, a hot so. take for you, Josh. Hassan Hoodle is, <laughs> where did this narrative come from that Hassan Hoodle is like walking in Pochettino's footsteps? It's not happening. <laughs> And I'm with you, like Southampton flattered themselves the latter half of that season and good on them for doing so. They, they certainly played some decent football on their way to it, but 
who are they going to say? I mean, they sell their best midfield ball winner in Pierre Elmer in, in Hoyleburg. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, even know what story I'm trying to say, tell by saying that, which is a testament to how odd Southampton are. But mm-hmm. Armstrong, Redmond, and Ings, this is not something that you're building a dynasty on. So if no. you think that Hassan, who. Hassenhul is going to carry them to a Sheffield United-esque title wave. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I like Danny Ings, and I know we just spent the last five minutes bashing him and his team. But, uh, I, yeah, I just – I don't I'm love, satisfied. Um, yeah, I don't love – yeah, I'm, I'm, let's move on. Uh, all right. Uh, two, two more hot takes. Uh, one is from Miggs. He says, uh, Chelsea played two at the back with Jorginho as cover, but they get a new keeper. Uh, so they still have the same uh, goals against they did last season. They sent three more attackers to smash the most goals okay. scored in a season. Wow. And not on a fun note, Brandon. Wow, this is like a real blitzkrieg sort of a strategy here yeah. by Chelsea. Just just like pop a God. bunch of uh, ketamine and just run at the goal really fast. Chelsea could like get their own pod. Like there's so much, so much meaty content that we can do. We have to save it for another, another discussion, but yeah, I mean, Ziyech, Werner, if they, oh man, if they get, uh, uh, Kai Havertz, um, Mm -hmm. that is, they'll be incredible. I mean, like, I don't know, I don't know if that means they win the league or if they just score a lot of goals or what, but they'll, they'll be really, really fun. Kurzuma. KZ. Yeah. KZ. It's (laughs) yeah. And Brandon, you were talking about, you're talking about, uh, Man City, but I mean, you know, I mean, it's 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 Nathan Ake's team now, Brandon. So I, I wouldn't be worried about them any longer. I think that he. I'm um, sure they fixed whatever problems rule. they had. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh-huh. he's a um, Virgil Van Ake, and you know, uh, yeah. it's all kind of yeah. It's it, it, if it weren't for Nathan Ake, Bournemouth would have gone down what two or three, four the weeks season. before yeah, they went true. down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good player though. Good price actually, five 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 two. I mean, that's that's that's. I mean, like he's probably going to start a lot, right? I mean, like. I mean, like, you know, he's competent, you know, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I I, I think I do think you're right. It's I mean, Oda and he's done. He's done. John Stone's done. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it could be talked into Nathan. Okay. Despite what I, you know, my me being smart a minute ago. Yeah, Garcia's young still, you know, I think that I think okay, would, you know, win the spot over him. So anyway, that's that's a, that we'll save that for uh, upcoming pod. Last one comes from Sam Danby. He says Leeds are top at Christmas. The players travel around Europe and bring coronavirus back to the Premier League. All cities are closed until May, and Leeds win the league mm-hmm. with an asterisk. Wow. Is, I can't tell if Darkest Sam is a Leeds line. fan or a Leeds hater. Uh, these because these <laughs> tactics are despicable. To be to be honest, I think Sam is actually a Newcastle supporter. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean. What do you think? Bio, biological warfare? Is that coming to European football anytime soon? <laughs> I don't know. I There's a lot of money in, in, in professional football, Brandon. It would not be stunning. Yeah. So I... We'll see. Uh, let's let's hope that not. I know I know that they've already sort of like I think they like are working on legally working out so that like if you, if the season does get canceled, you know that if, as long as you played twenty one matches or something like that, then that would be enough to to count as a season. Uh, so you wouldn't have what happened uh, last league summer, on so. style. We'll see. Uh, yeah, hopefully there's a vaccine by then. Um, all right. So that is uh, this is your kickoff podcast. We have uh, several podcasts to go uh, before the season starts. I think. 
Well, it's a lot. Let's just say that much. You and I were working this out before the podcast started. Yeah. So lots of lots of always cheating coming your way. We did want to get one out as soon as possible um, because, um, you know, we figured people are excited to start talking about this, as, as were we. So um, just one last time, uh, it you know, uh, the podcast, uh, we love doing it, but it, it really, the, the support of our patrons is really what allows us to, to keep doing it and keep putting so much energy into it. So if you'd like to support the podcast, I've got a patreon.com slash always cheating. Um, and, uh, you can access to our new, uh, you have Slack X bonus podcast. We do tons of bonus podcasts all season long. Um, during the season, it's, it's two podcasts a week. We do one the main feed pod, then one, one bonus one for our patrons. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so Slack and then the, the new knockout league that we're creating and, um, uh, yeah, just like there's lots of other, actually, we have um, a weekly roundup that we'll be sending out to people too. a uh, new feature this year. Yeah, so mini league mate, uh, our friends at mini yeah, league we're excited, mate. excited about that too. So, um, yeah, so patreon.com slash always cheating and Brandon, do you want to quickly thank our, uh, producer patrons? Yeah, before I do too, also the always cheating super league is back. So if you're just kind of like, Hey, I like listening to always cheating, but I need to get involved in all that Patreon stuff. Just join all of our listeners. We have more than 10,000 managers in the super league. Go to always cheating.com to get the, the join code there. And it's, it's no fuss, no muss, but yeah, special yeah. thanks to our producer patrons. That's Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T to big gaffer, Bob is Coon, Peter Bodictel, Andy Portlock, toothless Gibbon, Lindsay, Rostel, Anton Markov, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, FPLmerch.com, James Conroy, Brandon B., Paul Scanlon, Kieran Screeton, Blair Jacobson, Frederick Kiagransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor Forberg, Skoging, Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, James Hurd, Francis Mann, and Chris Carter. Big ups to Francis and Chris for joining us here at the producer level. And subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast. Never miss an episode. And if you're so kind, give us a rating and review. Follow us on social media, wherever it is that you find fine social media. Email us at hailcheaters at gmail.com. And of course, that website is alwayscheating.com. See you in a few days. Bye. All right, gang, before we get out of here, a quick shout out for Bet Online. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champ Robert Ori. Hear what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember, use the promo code BLUEWIRE, that's all one word, BLUEWIRE, to receive your new welcome bonus. Promo code BLUEWIRE, BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.